Gay sex, porn. Straight sex, porn. Sadomasochism, transgenderism. Bisexuality, perversion. It all came into my house uninvited. When I found it, I walked around shell-shocked for a couple of days. I've seen porn before. I'm an adult. I live my life, but not like this. I walked around shell-shocked because of where I found it, on my 12-year-old's phone. I've lived my life. I'm not like the parents in Footloose. I'm a pretty cool parent. I'm also a religious parent. We go to church. I have very good children. Straight-A students. The kind of kids who, when I go to the meeting every semester with the teacher, the teachers always say the same thing. Wow, if all my kids were like yours, my job would be so easy. I thought I had it figured out. I'm a good parent. I bought my child a phone. So, because I'm a good parent, I put all kinds of blocker programs on the phone. Monitor programs, blocker programs, you know, the child protection stuff. And you would not believe what came into my house. My husband used the best word for it, I think. The most offensive of the images anyway. Demonic. Way beyond the porn we grew up with. Curious kids inevitably find. And I bet you, if you go get your child's phone tonight, or your grandchild's phone, or their iPad, and you start looking, you'll find it too. You're thinking, no way. That's what I would have said. I raised good children. They would never go looking for that. They'd never know to. They don't have to. It'll come to them. Not one of the things that I found on my child's phone was sought out by my child. It was sent. And the experience has been eye-opening. Do this. Don't tell your child you are going to go through their phone or their iPad. Get it when they're asleep. Spend several days at night doing it. Here's what you want to go through. You want to go through all of their messaging. You want to go through their history. See where they've been. Go to their social media profiles. See how their friends identify themselves. It'll be an eye-opening lesson. Because until I did that and started deep diving into my child's actual life, I had no idea what is going on right now with middle and high school children and elementary school children. My eyes are wide open now. Google this, average age at which American children now first see porn. It's 11. But the porn they're seeing, again, is not the porn we grew up with. It's sick, it's twisted, it's sadomasochistic. Often, it comes in the form of anime. Yes, cartoons. After the child phone incident, we took the phone. It stays in the safe now, and is pulled out now roughly once a day. There are friends that I haven't blocked, that I still like and want to encourage friendships with. So here's how we operate it. The only way I can figure to do this after what I've seen. My child sends texts. I read them, approve them, and they go. When texts come back, I read them. I check them. And that's how my child's relationships go. When they're done texting or making a phone call, which I listen to, the phone goes back in the safe. And that's it. That sound extreme? You won't think it is after you deep dive into your child's phone. Just look. Just look. How did it come into my house? In a way that previous generation's parents never had to worry about. My child never left my eyesight. My child went down the street while I watched trick-or-treating. Met another child. They swapped phone numbers. That child began texting my child. Connecting my child to a text chain on an app I didn't even know about with a bunch of other people. 
I didn't know. I had no idea what was going on. By the time I confronted my child, my child didn't even remember the original person's full name. You should have seen what was on that phone. My child went searching for none of it. It came to her in the form of links, videos, etc. When I began talking about this on my radio show, I got a deluge of emails, many of them from teachers. They see what's on your kid's phone. One teacher said she had to have a conversation with a sixth grade class about how it's illegal to send child porn because they were all swapping nude selfies with each other. This isn't some inner city impoverished school, she wrote to me. This is an affluent private school in my city. Another dad texted me to let me know how hip and hot the whole gay scene is right now with young people. We'll get into that in a minute. He said, I send my daughter to private school. She's in high school. Half the girls in her school are bisexual and routinely hook up at slumber parties. The parents have no idea. There's a whole underground, highly sexualized youth culture of recruitment for both heterosexual and homosexual sex and violence with the sex. It is almost indescribable and it is everywhere. Let me give you an example. That was just one of my children. This week, I get an email from another one of my children's teacher, fifth grade teacher, about a fifth grade chat. This was on something called iMessage, which I'd never heard of till I started this whole sleuthing thing. Over 50 kids were on this chat, the teacher said. This came from the school. Originally, they were sending funny graphics and animals, etc. That quickly degenerated into violent, pornographic language, graphics, and videos. Thankfully, my child wasn't a part of that one. That child doesn't have a phone and won't ever have a phone as long as he lives in my house because of my other experience. Does your child have TikTok, Snapchat? You're going to want to hear what I have to say next. Stick around. I'll be right back. Sure, you're thinking, yeah, but my child's a good child. I've raised them in church on the Bible. I'm strict. I know my child. So do I. So take it from somebody else. I want you to read two things. Put into Google Federalist, as in the Federalist.com Federalist, and Snapchat. Two articles will come up. The first one, headline, Snapchat is indoctrinating children even more than their teachers are. The second one, Snapchat is a transgender propaganda and grooming machine. Then start reading and you'll get some idea of what we're up against. They, society, are now recruiting our children. Straight sex, gay sex, transgenderism, yep, in elementary school. They, society, I mean, are sexualizing our children way before they're ready for it with grotesque adult level sexual messages these messages are transgender homosexual and heterosexual and they are not age appropriate by any stretch of the imagination what's normal in our society let's start there traditionally three to tops five percent of people will eventually identify as gay bi or trans it's pretty much been that way since the boomer generation but there's something going on with this one that isn't normal 
about 3 to 5% of the population for generations is identified as gay, bisexual, or trans. This is the first generation in which these numbers have changed, and only for Generation Z. They're within the average range for millennials, Generation X, baby boomers, even traditionalists born before 1946. But Generation Z, those born between 1997 and 2002, almost 20% identify as gay that is a staggering number our society celebrates homosexuality now and so you would think you would see similar numbers among gen x millennials but you don't i'd argue this is because of that over sexualized culture that now targets kids starting in elementary school that yes is gay but is also heterosexual Delights in violence and depravity and is coming for your kids in a way they've never had access to your kids before. And it's showing up in polls more than four times the average of previous generations. Again, just shy of 20 percent, one in five. That's four times. I know I'm repeating that, but I can't believe it. Four times what the average is in every other generation. There's no way. Because your children are being radically sexualized, both by a movement promoting gay sex and also deviant heterosexual sex, most particularly sadomasochism. And those filters you think are keeping your kids safe? They're not. The first clue I had that something was radically wrong began in one of my child's fifth grade classes when my child reported that the kids in the class, the girls and the boys, were grinding their genitals on the floor, on each other, and on the desks. Where are they getting this idea? Now, you must think I've sent my kids to school in a zoo. I don't. The elementary they attend is highly affluent. The average, average family of four income is 80,000 plus. This school scores off the charts in test scores. It is the number sixth or has been elementary school test score wise in the entire state out of 800. These are affluent children, not children who've been left to fend for themselves by a struggling single mother. And they had been resoundingly, shockingly sexualized by the internet. The knowledge these kids had, I'd say I didn't get till college. The dirty jokes they told, not till junior, senior year of high school. This was elementary school. Because of their affluence, these kids had more, had greater access to the phones and the iPads they'd held since they were little than the other kids. And the sexualized internet had come for them, targeted them, and raised them. And what it produced was horrifying. The first clue that something culturally had really changed was this. The child moved in, middle of fifth grade, immediately, you know, because it's hard to make friends, came out as gay and was accepted into the popular group because the most popular kids are gay. Why is that? Because sexuality is now a child's defining characteristic. In a society where 12-year-olds now have the knowledge we once didn't get till again high school or maybe even college age. This is why we now have almost 20% of kids identifying as gay. 
don't misunderstand. I'm not suggesting that there's anything wrong with homosexuality, per se. That's not my point at all. What is wrong is the percentages. They're way out of whack. And I began wondering, what the heck was going on here? Why were kids grinding on the floor in a heterosexual way? Why were they so sexualized? Why were they trading anime of heterosexual sex mixed with violence and gay sex? Something I can't even imagine if I wanted to get such a thing where I would have even got my hands on it at 12 or 11 or 15. These are kids. And so over the course of that semester, our last at physical school, I began observing what was going on. The kids who had come out as gay would shift between gay and then going back to dating or going out with opposite gender members. They couldn't have been too serious about it. And then I began to understand what was happening. This is a very sexualized culture. And it starts in elementary school. And it is everywhere. And if your child has a phone, your child has been exposed to it. On my child's phone, it broke down about 50-50. About half the kids identified as straight. And the other half, gay, bi, or transgender. Again, scientifically, there's no way. Especially since these kids are 11 and 12. With many of them having not even hit puberty yet. Or barely started it. Why? I began to understand this better when I took a tour of my daughter's middle school. Now keep in mind, this isn't just public school. Remember what the private Christian school dad said. His daughter told him half the girls in her class were bisexual and were dating each other. This is a prominent Christian school in our community. So I go for the tour of my child's middle school and the boy, very nice boy, who greets us at the door has got on a rainbow necklace and a rainbow bracelet. And I think, oh, okay, the young man's gay. I just, it's, you know, back when I was an eighth grader, kids couldn't have come out like that. So times have really changed. But I didn't think too much of it. But then I started looking around. There were rainbows everywhere. I'd say about a quarter of the kids had some kind of rainbow attire on, patch on a book bag, something. And then I realized this was not about homosexuality so much as it was a fad something that was hip and hot and in and my kids have explained it to me the gay kids are the most popular but it goes beyond that way beyond that I'll explain next at 12 years old you shouldn't be dating someone of your same sex or of another sex you shouldn't be trading porn with them but kids routinely are What I discovered on that cell phone, all the kids in the neighborhood were swapping this stuff. Just like the second text chat from the fifth grade from my other child. My child, again, didn't participate in it, but it was going on at school. It's everywhere. This is a level of knowledge kids at that age simply can't handle. That's why we encountered all this stuff at, you know, what would be college age Or, you know, maybe if you went to a rougher high school, you got it then. Your brain was adult or almost adult and could handle it. Theirs cannot. When I began talking about this on the air on my radio show, our text line exploded. It was parent after parent after parent. My daughter is in high school. My son is 10. My daughter is 12. 
Mine is nine. I caught my 10-year-old online identifying as bisexual and having sexual conversations with other bisexual children. I caught my child trading anime bondage porn. Someone sent my 11-year-old porn. That was another one. And he'd actually watched it. We took him to a psychologist to make sure there was no harm done to him. On and on and on. And they all said the same thing. I thought we were the only ones. I'm glad to hear that we're not. But scary at the same time for what is being done to this generation. Folks, if you're listening to this and you're thinking not my child, you've already lost. This is from Youth First North Carolina on the pornography kids are seeing. Surprisingly, they write, the average age of a child the first time they see internet porn is now 11 years old. Kids don't have to be looking for pornography. It is programmed to find them. That is exactly what happened for from my child. There was no search. There was no looking. It came directly to my child. To think that it won't happen to your child leaves them at risk for stumbling upon sexually explicit material online, whether they are looking for it or not, that they are not developmentally able to handle emotionally or mentally. Tweens and teens are at the age of natural curiosity about sex. When presented with the opportunity and such easy access, many are choosing to view pornography and doing it more than once. Today's porn content is drastically more graphic, violent, deviant, and destructive than anything ever seen before. That was my experience. Highly sexualized, violent material poses many risks for a developing brain. In the adolescent years, when brains are still developing, viewing porn can deform the pleasure centers of the brain. Neurological research has found that pornography is particularly addictive because of the neurochemical release in the brain that occurs while viewing it. For many youth, the euphoric high that occurs quickly develops into a coping style for escaping emotional distress. Studies have even shown that kids who viewed pornography for hours each week have less gray matter in their brain than those who do not view it. Again, this line, kids don't have to be looking for pornography. It is programmed to find them. And now with Snapchat, with these disappearing things your kids are sending back and forth, the mo- the, the monitors, the blocker programs, they're never going to pick them up. You're never going to see them. You must block Snapchat. You must ban TikTok. You cannot use, You cannot allow your child to use these. So here is the plan of action. I laid it out a little bit earlier. Start here. Does your child have an iPad? A cell phone? A Chromebook? From school? Go through all of it. You're going to have to start going through all of it at night. It's going to take some doing. There'll probably be apps on there you've never even heard of. You're going to have to figure out who their friends are. You think you know their friends. You do not. There's the friends you actually know and those who come bopping into conversations, brought in in a text chain on iMessage, or perhaps friends who are just social profiles that your child has never met. It's going to take you days, hours to scour that phone. You need to do it like your life depends on it. But don't stop there. Is there a laptop or an iPad? Scour those too. Go through all the history. Do not let your child know you are coming. You need to know in the raw what they have seen and been experiencing. You need to know how your child profiles themselves online. What do they say about their sexual proclivities? And you're going to need Google to Google all the urban slang they use to cover this up. Then once you do that, you're going to be faced with a really hard decision like the one I had to make. 
because cell phones, iPads. Oh, and I forgot this too. The school computer. The school computer. I figured that'd be the last on my list. I'll scour that later because they're not allowed to send each other even email on it. It's just to be used for schools, right? It's, it's a Chromebook that comes home from the school. You know where they were trading, trading the anime porn there? It was on Google Slide. Over 300 Google Slides, many of them filled with anime sadomasochistic porn. By the way, my child didn't even know they were there. They had, my, my child hadn't opened them. I discovered them. The kids were sending them completely unsolicited. Again, all it takes is your child to just be copied by a friend or a friend of a friend in a chain. It happens all the time. That's how people you don't know get into your house and get this stuff in front of your child. So go through it all, even the Chromebook from school. Familiarize yourself and hopefully the child will have left their history so you can begin and get started. But back to this thorny question. What do you do? This is really, really hard. Because without the iPad, the chat apps, the phone, your child could end up socially isolated, even from the good kids. Oh, and by the way, you're going to get to know your child's friends really well. I was actually surprised that some of the kids um, that were on the phone that I have known since they were much younger uh, were better people than I had realized. So there was there was some, some definite good in all of this as well. I want to foster those relationships. I don't want to cut them off by taking the phone. So we did and we are doing right. And it's hard. It's really, really hard to have my child be the only one at the game with not, you know, not hunched over their phone. But that's what it comes down to. So what we've done is this. Phone stays in the safe. Like I said, phone does not come out. Any correspondence on the phone is overseen directly by me or my husband. Laptops, gone. Um, School computers are only used out in the open now in my house, on the couch. Um, Nobody uses an electronic device of any kind in the bedroom. They're not allowed there. Even YouTube is problematic for this kind of recruitment. And so this is how we handle this now. YouTube is only watched on the big screen television in the living room with the volume on. And I have a very open house so I can see and hear whatever goes on there. But what about school? Like all those teachers who contacted me after I began talking about this, I agree with their assessment. They all say the same thing. This generation of elementary school kids, and I'm talking about fifth grade up, middle school kids are just over sexualized way beyond what we would have been in high school or even college there's nothing like this so you take all the devices away what do you do if you have to send your kid to school with a school full of these kids this year we as a family made a very difficult decision my kids aren't going back to school not for now I don't know what we'll do in the future we're going to go to school at home That's going to mean finding a lot of other social outlets, homeschool groups, things like that. Y'all, I didn't want to live this way. I didn't set out to live this way. My kids were in the public schools. But we're living in times we've never seen before, at least not in hundreds of years. But a funny thing has happened. My children don't want to go back to school. And the child I took the phone from, I thought we'd butt heads over the long term. There's never been a single complaint about it. Not then and not now, months later. In fact, when I pushed the phone at that child, 
and this is just so that child can keep up with certain friends who I really value because I think they're good people and could be friends for life. They're good influences. I, I don't want to cut those. Um, my child will say to me, okay, I'll text, and then I want to give the phone back. I, I don't want it, Mom. Because after we went through the smackdown over this, something occurred to me. What was being sent to my child was so routine to them and its smuttiness, there was no recognition of how bad it was. This is a fifth, sixth grade child. So upon understanding that, the temptation and the filth that phone represents was not only unattractive to my child, my child was repelled by it. And so my child will say, no, I don't want to do anymore. Take the phone back. I don't want it. And you know where my kids have been? Outside, playing with other kids. It's been good. It's been hard, but it's been good. It terrifies me for this generation. If nothing else, I want to protect my kids' innocence until they're old enough to face these issues, confront this stuff, learn about it when they have an adult brain. And unfortunately, increasingly, it takes extremeness, extreme actions to protect that child brain. I learned it the hard way. I just hope that this podcast, which I got to tell you was a little personally embarrassing for me to do, will help someone else out there and maybe some other kid out there before it's too late. And to help you know that if it comes down to having to take that phone and those electronics, which by today's standards is an extreme action for a parent, that there are others out there like you and that what you are fighting is even more extreme. Thank you for listening to today's Battleground America podcast. Please subscribe and share with like-minded friends, family, and in this case, please, parents of tweens, middle schoolers, and high schoolers who need to hear it everywhere. Battleground America with Tara Servatius. Please subscribe on radio.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Be sure to share with your friends and family. Thank you for listening. Listening.